Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die Radio. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the number one international best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. If you are listening on iTunes or your favorite podcast channel, welcome. But this is a historic interview. We are celebrating six years now of having We Don't Die Radio, and this is actually our second live online interview. I guess we can call it that. Today, we're interviewing Scott Milligan. Scott, for over 24 years, has sitting been sitting with the spirit world. He is a physical medium, a trance medium, and between you and I, don't listen, Scott, Scott is our number one most requested and most favorite interviewee. He really is. I know he's blushing right now. He has a passion under everything he does for helping heal the grieving heart. Being with him is in his form of forms of mediumship is really, really special to me and very, very close to my heart. So I welcome everyone who's watching, whether you're watching live or listening to a replay or watching the replay, wherever you are, welcome. Scott, welcome to We Don't Die Radio. Oh, thank you so, so much for once again opening your heart, your baby, um, to me. Um, I am a great knower in your work. And now you may say, why did you say no? Um, Because I don't believe in it. I know that the radio show that was born six years ago from a dark time in your life has brought a ray of light to so, so many people and thousands upon thousands of hours have been now stored in history and beyond my life, your life and everyone's lives in the future, people are going to be listening and say, you know, what did they do to survive grief? And to show you how much I believe in you know about what you want to do is I got a tattoo some of you may or may not know this and it says we don't die the only problem is it says we don't die because there seems to be a space there so I'm going to have a little radio put in there in memory and to honor all that you have done for the unseen world but also for people like myself but also the grieving hearts of those who have had their world shattered through death it's you know unfortunately grief is a club that no one wants to sign up to but unfortunately through situations we get thrown into the group and you have become like our group member that's steering us through this very troubled times that all of us may experience with grief because grief it hurts grief is painful i wish i could swear because that would really emulate a small part of what grief does because grief don't care. Grief does not care. It will get you in the middle of the night. It'll get you first thing in the morning. It'll get you when you least expect it. And it's like a a big snake that wraps around you and then slowly suffocates you. And just having people who are in the same boat and just having it talked about just helps us breathe again. Absolutely. It does. Oh, I'm so glad we're back together. And I know we've interviewed you lots of times, but since we started, we've had a ton new listeners to the show. There's, oh, I think I figured it out. I can't remember, but something like well over a million listens to this show. I mean, it's, it's crazy good. And 
so many different platforms. And you never know, ladies and gentlemen, your grief, as awful as it may be, it really might be the thing that gives birth to your spiritual journey. And once we start gathering this knowledge, it's really natural to share and impact other people, which is what Scott and I do, and who knew it would happen? Yeah, let's talk just a little bit about how we met, because this, there's things out there in the land of afterlife explorations that I think there's no way that they're possible. And two of my very good friends, Tom and Lisa Butler, who founded the, um, the EVP world, the Association for um, Electronic Voice Phenomena, they were talking about physical mediumship, and they've experienced some, and, and I went on a search and found you. And you didn't know me, I didn't know you, I applied for a Facebook friendship with you and announced was a retreat at, at Banyan Retreat in the UK. And that's when I first laid eyes on you and opened me up to this wonderful world. Could you talk a little bit about what you do? Because it's for the average Joe or Jane, it seems like so far out of belief. Yeah, it's, it's a bit weird. It's a bit weird. And I, I do remember because it was your accent. I love accents. I love them. I think they're amazing. I can't do accents. But I remember hearing your voice and I was trying to guess where you were from America. And I, I said, oh, you're, you're from down south. And then I think you corrected me and said no. Um, and I think we hit it off straight away from cocktails. Uh, we have cocktail hour where I would have a beer and you have a, a glass of wine and then we would just talk. And I remember it very, very well because it was the early hours of the morning. <laughs> but for those who don't know, um, I'm a bit weird. Um, but in my world, I'm quite normal. The people who don't understand life beyond life or life after death, I find that to be a little bit strange. Um, so within my life and within my journey, um, I have kind of been given a title and the title is physical medium. Now, within mediumship, we have many titles like mental medium, uh, psychic medium we have all these different kind of titles and each of them represents another aspect of people trying to label something which is natural um, i believe that we are all seekers of the truth um, but for the purpose of this talk you and i um, let's talk about physical mediumship so mental medium is where someone will stand on platform or sit in a chair and through their senses will say I have a gentleman here whose mother you know a gentleman here whose father um and he used to like hoborn cigarettes and he had lung cancer something like that and um, they bring that person back to life with myself is that I sit there and I, I'm very lazy I sit there and I close my eyes and it looks like I fall asleep and I am tied to a chair you know Stay with me on this one. I'm tied to the chair and there is a group of people. It's under very strict control. And after a period of time, a voice may be heard within the room, a voice that is recognised, uh, a voice with personality. And when certain conditions that then this voice can manifest its body and this body can take form and walk over and touch a person who they remember. Uh, I will remain in the chair at all times, restrained. So this presence, this person, this living 
essence will walk away from me, temporary cloaked in an energy called ectoplasm. Ectoplasm is a very weird substance. It's made up of gas, but once it hits air, it becomes solid. And that's why temporarily your loved one or a friend of yours will become solid and then walk over and will be able to say things to you that death robbed them of finishing that sentence. So um, there's been numerous occasions on oh, more than I can ever count of having voices, not only through myself, but through certain other individuals who also have the title of physical medium. But in order to get to physical, um, I am known also as an autostate trance medium. And that means that I sit there and it looks like I close my eyes. And through closing my eyes, I find a place of rest within my consciousness. And the people who teach me, the people who walk softly by my side, who we could call guides, but I'll get told off for calling them guides. I always call them friends or controls. And they then use my vocal cords to then speak and deliver philosophy and answer certain inquiries that may be troubling to some people at that moment or subjects of interest so there's in mediumship there's like a a tree that has many branches and it depending on how we develop and depending on how we offer ourselves and what we are willing to move into depends on what kind of branch or tree you stand on but I don't want to kind of segregate each branch because the purpose of the tree is to move forward and to grow and to have people who are in need to stand in the shadow of it and be protected by that howling wind of grief. Now, remember, a medium can remove the grief, but it's also part of you to kind of of acceptance of okay, there is a voice that's talking to me and I know this voice, I know this memory and now I understand that my loved one lives on. And sometimes when you get a contact from someone who you love, it can stir the grief back up. I know that with myself, with my father, I went to the great depths of grief and when he was able to pick up the phone uh, from the spirit world and say, look, I've not gone anywhere. It made my heart heal. But then the moment the medium says, now I'll leave his love with you, it was like my heart broke again. It kind of ripped that scab off and I missed him even more. And it sounds crazy, even though that I've seen what I've seen and done what I've done, It grief still hits me. And that shows that grief doesn't care who you are. Um, you still miss that physical touch, that physical voice, that table being full at Christmas. Um, it's definitely a, a gut-wrenching thing. So in a nutshell, um, I'm weird. I'm <laughs> weird. Um, but I hope that my personality washes off on you, uh, but you know that I'm weird but normal. You're weird but normal, but you had to start somewhere yourself because for most people, and you've been into this for a long time, I have to our human brains do something that takes extraordinary things and turns them into just normal. However, there are people that are hearing this that are just like, Oh my gosh, people can become a real again. What was your first experience? Or maybe you could share a story when you got involved with physical mediumship and how, how did you know that life after death was real? 
Well, I think um, my most uh, strongest memory of the first ever time I sat, because I was pushed into it very, very quickly and very, very young, um, being the age of 15, borderline 16 years old, and being there and seeing this man walk into the room uh, and when I when I walked into the room, I thought it was God's waiting room because everyone was old. And I thought, you know, which one's going to die next? You know, it, it looked like that. And these wonderful people opened their hearts to me, being a person who dressed in black, um, was very, very shy, painfully shy, and sitting there and this man walking in and being tied to a chair. No one told me what was about to take place. I was just told to come and see this guy. And... Um, having uh, two lovely ladies either side of me, one in Spirit World now, one still living. And um, then all of a sudden, going into this room as a complete unknown, going out with a thirst that I want to know more, but seeing this cone, what looked like a trumpet, lift up in the air and float around the room. And I was a fine specimen, I screamed, and I have to say, I do have the recording of it. You can hear me hyperventilating. Fine specimen I was of a man. And having a child, uh, a child called Charlie Carter, materialise solid, as you and I, and ran out the cabinet. And you heard his feet. His hand was warm. It was a child's hand. The voice was of child's height and sound and shook my hand and I kicked my feet and then ran back into the cabinet uh, where the medium was sitting. And then this straight away, this old man walking out. And I just remember thinking, this is not possible. And I went in as a complete novice. I'm still highly sceptical and I think that's very, very healthy to be sceptical and question everything. But having that moment and at the very end of it, after hearing all the voices of people, having that reuniting moment of, yes, that's my dad, that's my wife, that's my husband, that's my son, and having all that wonderful proof, the medium and the chair lifted up in the air and floated across and dropped with force directly in front of me and the leg of the chair went in between my feet not touching my feet and the medium's legs on the other side of my leg and none of it touched me and that for me was more proof than the voices because I was thinking how hell did that happen and you know those cartoon characters when you see someone run towards one to kind of break through when um, the seance was ended, you ju- I didn't even say goodbye. I, well, I don't even remember saying goodbye. I just went, ah! <laughs> running towards the door. You know, my version of running. Um, but going to the door. And in those days, mobile phones were very, very um, limited, um, especially for people who didn't have deep pockets. And I remember getting home and phoning the guy who told me to go, who was going to train me. And, and saying to him, I want it. I want to do this. I really need, I feel this undeniable first within my being. I will need to know. And that's when he started setting down the rules, learn manners, um, 
stay close to the medium for a month and we will form a circle and start your training. So I, I, even though back then thinking about it, I really wasted opportunities because what interests me more was the phenomena at the early stages than the personal communication. I, that kind of got me in. It got me in having the trumpet lift and float around and having the hands come through the wall and the foot that just kind of walked by itself. And it sounds spooky, but I was like, this is awesome. Um, because like I said, I'm weird. I just thought it was awesome. And then I realized that these all flute and whistles. What was important was the voices that came back to be reunited with sore hearts. Well, back in those days when we were young, we didn't fear death. Very often we didn't have anybody that we've lost. And so we didn't know what grief was. And so, you know, I'm part of the weird club too. And, and all of these sounding spooky things, they're not. They're just filled with love and, and humor and laughter. But I want to ask you, Scott, have you had anybody that's come through that has been family? That you oh, yeah. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, I think my, my proof was, and I know it's been aired in an episode, when the, the girl that walked out the cabinet, the, the young child, and went straight up to me and said, it's you, it's you, it's you. And, um, and I was like, hello, as you do, hello. Um, I think, you know, I don't have a child, do I? And um, it came out to be my sister. And to then find out afterwards that, this was my sister and on another occasion to have my dad's father materialize in his accent in his um strong um tones and personality it kind of made me know that this was my granddad and so to have those two um are definitely for me the personal ones um, my dad hasn't had the, the the opportunity, I don't think, to materialise yet, but that will come for him. But um, to sit there and, and have this kind of proof, have animals materialise, yes, absolutely. Um, not mine, unfortunately, but definitely sitting next to someone when the cat materialised and jumps on her lap and then jumped on my lap and the, a cat kneeling with, with these claws and that on my, on my leg and then having a voice of Uncle Ted talking to his niece while the cat's on me, but it's jumped on the floor, which is running around the room with the spirit child chasing after it saying, get back here. And you're thinking, how's this possible? And you can hear the medium snoring go like that in the corner so um for me proof has come definitely with the two family members of mine um but the proof has been with other people and seeing in their eyes and knowing there is no lie of them being moved from believing to knowing that is that is definitely the proof that i've i've had um but I'm lucky. I'm lucky. I've, I've joined the club saying I know. And there are so many people out there who are still in that, that first stage of grief. They think that they've gone. They think that they are laying in the ground or consumed by fire. No, that's not the reality. So I'm lucky. It still is painful. It's still a knife that stabs me. But 
I know that I will see this person again. Thank you. This whole thing about believing the afterlife, I know from my journey, it's hard to get your head around. I don't think we're meant to know. I don't think we're meant to remember who we are. But if we all can put aside that judgmental mind that is always, well, it's never our best friend, is it? It's worried about the past and the future and it calls us not smart enough and, and not good enough. And if we can just realize that we are on a planet curling around in a never-ending universe with billions and billions of stars and planets around them. And then even down to our finest detail, if you were to try to put a camera in one of the tiniest little atoms that make us up, all they, could, they couldn't see anything. We're invisible at that layer. So we are really miraculous beings led to believe that this earth is is reality and that's all there is so just asking to open your mind scott i'd like to just ask because i know that physical mediumship was really big a hundred years ago what happened and maybe you could talk a little bit about that because there were plenty of scientists involved back in those days oh absolutely you know the wonderful sir william crooks if you ever looked at his work of his studies of of foreign Cook with katie king but physical mediumship back in the, the turn of the you know 1900s was so rife, and I truly believe that mediumship kind of goes in seasons. And it seems to we we have the rise of physical, and then we have the rise of mental. We have the rise of trance, and so on. So it constantly is moving forward. But you've also got to realise that Emma Hardish Britain, who was the wonderful pioneer of our principles as stated that if spiritualism did not grip humanity of this world in the first hundred years, it never will. And we were hurtling towards war. We were hurtling towards a lot of unrest. There was going to be a mass exodus of many souls who are going to go to the spirit world in the most horrific way. And it's going to leave this huge, dark cloud of grief for so many people. So I think the spirit world kind of threw everything at us. Uh, but also, life back then was simple. And I mean that with respect to everyone um, who lived there. But we didn't have the technology like you and I are talking. We didn't have the distractions of televisions. We didn't have distractions of mobile phones. You know, you're watching this uh, recording on a device when someone else is in the room sitting with you or you're sitting at home and not contemplating, you're just being bored by my words. Um, but back then, the families spoke to each other. They had people around, and they just sat in the company and spoke. And that's what I think back then formed the, the harmony that allowed our friends to become visible, uh, visible again. Um, but today, I think our world is so saturated with sound and invisible sounds as well and invisible layers, which is making it very, very hard for mediums, but also spirit people to come back and, and let us know. So they're learning as we're learning. We are very distracted at the moment. And so we're not sitting regimentedly in a circle that's going to allow us to exercise our mediumistic capability, but also to refill the power um, that is used for manifestation. When you first started developing, Scott, 
Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because it is a commitment. You know, so many people I know would like to try electronic voice phenomena. And they just oh. pick up a recorder and they think it's going to be there. There's maybe, you know, sometimes there is that the spirit world works with you just to give you a taste so that you want to do more. But there's a huge amount of development that needs to take place. Can you talk about some of your commitment yeah. and what you've done? Uh- Absolutely. So uh, for 24 years, it's going to come to 25 soon. I don't want to add numbers to it because that makes me feel very, very old and ancient and time to hang up my coat. But throughout those 24 years, I sat um, for seven and a half years every night um, with a different medium or by myself or for myself. I just reaching for the invisible world. And on the first sitting of my own development, of my home circle, which uh, was called the Wish Circle, uh, in memory of um, the wishes of John Austin, he was my circle leader. And on the first night, as I was sitting there in the chair thinking, what am I supposed to do? What is asked of me? Where am I going? Where am I putting myself? Uh, All of a sudden, a circle member said, friends, if you're there, let us know. And you heard like, bang bang on the wall and then she said oh good you know can we and then you heard it again on a different wall and then on the 13th sitting so this is 13 Wednesdays in we had a voice in the air and it terrified it made me jump Uh, but it was over there somewhere and it shouted out to us and it was so beautiful and then we had nothing absolutely nothing not a beam not even the atmosphere change for two and a half years but for two and a half years, we constantly continued to meet and sit. I was going to seances and the spirit world were encouraging, but also I was there to give my power, give of myself so that someone um, can have that moment of talking to their loved one. It wasn't going to come through me, but I was giving my power for the working medium. I was giving myself in service, saying to the spirit world, take from me what is needed. And that's how we all should approach the development. It should go to the greatest need. And then I remember getting very, very depressed because I suffer from depression. Um, I'm in a depression club. Um, And I said a mediumship to you yet. So I was very depressed and I kind of truly meant that tonight was going to be my last sitting. Tonight is going to be, I can't do it anymore. I'm wasting time uh, for my circle. They should be sitting for someone else. There was other people showing great potential. And I sat there in the chair and I was feeling very, very sorry for myself. And all of a sudden I heard the word yes. And it got louder and louder. And it felt like it came from the pit of my stomach or through me. And that's the only way I can describe it. And it got louder and louder and greater and greater until the point that I thought I'm going to say the word yes. But it came out yes. And I was like, no, I want to say yes. 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 And then the voice manifested and said, now I come and speak to my brothers and sisters of the joining of our world and yours. And my circle leader, John, said, oh, thank you, my friend. May your God be with you. Scott, come back now. And I was so angry because I thought we've worked so hard. He's stopping it before it's actually manifested. And I said to him, what are you doing? And he said, you can have too much of a good thing. Next week, we'll sit again and see if our friends want to come back and talk. And that's how he was. 
Um, but between the Wednesdays, I had to then sit for Colin, for David, occasionally for Stuart, for Joan, and sit for our friends, but not as the medium, but as someone who's supporting the spirit world because they need people who don't want to demand, but they want to give, and hopefully our friends are able to come back and speak to us, if they can. Great. When you were sitting there and that yes came out and you <laughs> felt it, those words that you said came out of your mouth, were you conscious to them? or were you... Yeah, I was, I was thinking this is very peculiar, that my, my, the voice in my head, the voice that I'm hearing, isn't matching what's coming out my mouth. It sounded like I was putting on a yush, like a little noise. And I thought, this is silly. And the more I said yesh, I'm thinking, hang on, I'm saying yes, yush. <clears throat> and when the, the break of the wave of the words, I couldn't hold them. I couldn't catch them. I couldn't simulate them. I couldn't think of them. They just rolled out. And it still happens to this day. And on our Friday nights, you may hear just before I speak, yish, yish. And this is the mutter. It's always been there and I cannot get away from it. It's my peculiarities and I don't want anyone copying me um, because I want you to be you. Um, but my peculiarities make me go, yish, and I don't know why. Um, but then it rolls into the speech. It's like a wave that crashes on the shore and it just keeps moving and moving and moving. But back then I was fully aware uh, that my body was feeling very sleepy, very heavy. My heart was going a thousand beats a second. My throat was very dry. I felt a banding around my throat. I felt a banding around my head. I felt pressure behind me. I felt a presence and very overpowering presence of love. And I just wanted to melt into it. So I've never feared them. And that's something I need to make absolutely clear. I never feared them. And the more I fell in love with them, the more I started to become unaware. So back then I was quite aware and now I'm in a very dreamy state. I'm aware afterwards, which sounds really strange, is like flashbacks of memories. But whilst I'm in that, that ocean of love, I'm very, very peaceful. I'm very, very dreamy. It's like me trying to act sober in front of my parents. Um, it's just not very convincing. Um, but I'm just kind of in a very dreamy state and I'm very held by that power and by that love. When Scott mentions the Friday nights, since COVID showed up, oh. Scott, unfortunately, can no longer teach. He, he teaches, he's the top tutor on trance and physical mediumship in the world, travels all over the place. He's come to the United States where I live several times, we've done seances, we had big plans for 2020 that none of them happened. So we have joined together and on Fridays, we are offering uh, by donation or come for free trans demonstration. So you're welcome to join us for one of those. We don't die radio.com, click on calendar and then just click on the Friday and it'll show you the, the link or you can watch one of the replays as well if you click on the store button. But when you are, were developing, because, oh, before I even ask about development, how did they come through you? Did somebody actually take you over? Oh, uh, I think this is where a lot of people get a bit confused.com. Um, some people say that the spirit world, they, they enter you 
and they step into you. No, that doesn't happen. Uh, nor does your soul leave. Your consciousness moves to one side and it's like they cloak you. And so I'm very aware of the presence of my friends that are wrapping their arms. Well, it feels like they wrap their arms around me and it's like the best hug ever. It's the, it's the best hug. And I, I just feel them there. And then they, they kind of cloak my thoughts and it gets heavier and heavier and heavier. So they haven't entered me, but through their love, it's like I've become a pane of glass and it's like their light is shining through me. Um, but as I'm blending with them, I can have this like kind of clairsentient experience where I can feel their clothes on me. I don't take on their personality because I think that's a bit weird. Um, you don't want to be seeing someone waving their arms around. Um, but I'm very controlled and hopefully I stay reasonably still uh, without my arms waving around um, and allow the voice to do its job. But they don't enter me. And people who say, oh, my God, you're going to be possessed. No, you can't be possessed, you lucky devils. Um, and these are all myths which are set in seeds and stones of fear that you are going to have to overcome or pull out as you develop. So they don't enter me, but I feel that I enter their world uh, of love. And we meet somewhere in a place where we understand one another. And if they are able to make contact, then it's a cherry on top of the cake. But it's about me making myself available. But when I speak about me, it's my soul that is illuminating the experience because it's the soul's power that's given the opportunity for the intelligence to move with it. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, they don't enter me. And if you ever see someone and they, they look like they're sitting on the toilet doing trance on like this you know it's it's all it's more smoke and mirror um trance is a very beautiful experience of allowing this 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 intelligence to work with you and for humanity and trance is someone who has lived before versus oh. could you talk a little bit about channeling and there's, there's a lot of people that have things on youtube and of course there's going to be people that doubt you and i that's fine but talk a little bit about that because there's some horror stories out there. And oh. unfortunately we want to believe so much that some of these crazy things people think are real. So I can make myself highly unpopular. And unfortunately I've got to wash my face and brush my teeth and face myself in a mirror. So as you've asked, we're going to go into that gray area um, and just make it absolutely clear. I have been asked this. Okay. So I do truly believe there is a, a huge difference between channeling and trance. Channeling, in my mind, my mind, is uh, something that can't be proved. For instance, when we hear people say, I channel the ascended masters, how can we prove their existence? How can we get given information that show that they have walked on this earth? How can they share with us memories of this world that's going to enrich humanity. Um, trance comes from a mind that has lived this earth. They have walked and somewhere in history they have left their mark. 
there are some communicators that choose not to give their identity. If you are uh, someone who's really, really interested in, in searching on the trance states, Silver Birch, whose true identity was Big Jump. But Big Jump doesn't really sell books, does it? It doesn't really kind of do that, Ooh, you know, I'm going to go and listen to Big Jump or am I going to listen to Silver Birch? And I mean that with, with, with absolute respect and just being me. Um, but Silver Birch changed his identity for our world um, to him or accept the voice and his wisdom has touched many lives and has touched all people from all around the world and will continue to do so. And I suppose really that we must start using that word big jump because it's jumping humanity forward and it will continue leaping forward. But for me, um, if I sit with someone and quite quickly I will know where they are within their mind. If this is a discarnate person talking, or is it a make yumpy? Um, we will know quite quickly by the contents, behaviour, feeling, and presence there. So when I watch someone who's channeling, it can come from their soul, it can come from their mind, and it can come from fantasy as well. So. I hope I haven't um, smashed a glass house by throwing a stone in it. But as I was asked, there is a huge difference. So when um, people, and God bless you, America, um, you say, oh, Scott, you channel. I don't channel. It's known as the trance states. And if you actually look at the word uh, entrance, it means entrance. You're entering into the experience. Um, so I find it very, very interesting. But I truly believe that um, trance is much more older than channeling. Channeling is modern. Trance is older. Um, because trance is the working with the discarnate mind of the great power of the spirit. Let's talk a little bit about how to get there. I know for many of us since COVID started, we meet on Mondays and Scott offers a a trance class we call them different names every month and you're welcome to join us for that as well but say I don't want to be a trance medium but I find this fascinating would there be any benefit to sitting and learning how to get my mind out of the way I truly yeah I truly believe that when we sit and I can't make you a medium I don't think anyone can make us a medium it's something that you are born with but also it can lay dormant within you until it's ready to mature naturally or grief smashes the, the, the wall that has kept it hidden and then sets you on that journey of saying, where has my loved one gone? But I truly find like a grain or, or a vein that moves through all outstanding mediums. And what I mean by outstanding mediums, and I can, I'm going to name just a couple of them, but I want you to understand there's much, much more out there. But the wonderful Paul Jacobs, Mavis Patilla, Eileen Davies, Gerard Smith. These people were taught about sitting for power. But sitting in the presence of self, but also to serve 
in the correct way. And they were taken through training in the sense of allowing their soul to manifest. So I say sitting in the power enhances all aspects of your spiritual nature. And you are spirit incarnated. So I will always, if you come on a class with me, it is compulsory that we start the class by sitting for the power. Sitting for the power is like fertilizer for your soul. It is the very thing that allows the mediumship to start to blossom and manifest. So sitting in the stillness, sitting in the company of yourself, will give rise of your soul and therefore the mediumship will then blossom in, in whatever capacity. So some of us will be demonstrators. Some of us will do one-to-one readings or some of us will be healers. Some of us will be prophets. Some of us will be physical. Some of us will be Claire Delude, uh, crazy. Um, so they will enhance your life. I know that probably if you rewound the time back, meeting me years ago to now, I'm a completely different person um, because now I have true, true empathy with anyone who may be suffering. Um, maybe that's the experience of life, but I, I feel that I've become a much more better person by sitting in the power. And then sitting in the power uh, starts to break down the chains that have imprisoned you and my job is then to encourage you to say that you are normal and this is what's worked well for me but also this is what I'm being inspired to say to you now and then hopefully with each uh, like stream that is coming sitting for the power sitting to be knowing that you're normal sitting for advice sitting for experience it comes to the, the river of understanding. So you're going to have to do the work. I can only take you to a place where you're going to have to take your steps forward. Would sitting in the power help me if I want to have a closer relationship with my loved ones that have already passed on? Because we all want to have that feeling that they're with us. Would that help heighten our senses? Or it, it does in the sense of it makes you become still and you become aware of self. And the spirit world is, is, is here. It's here. It's there. It's, it's, it's all over us. And um, sitting still just tunes you in to become aware of the gentle and subtle signs that have always been flashing in front of you. Um, now. I understand the motivation why people say I'm going to sit because I, I miss my loved one and quite rightly so. Um, but also you, you, you're going to have to sit to become aware of everything that you are. So it may not happen straight away, but it, it's, it starts to, to peel away the layers so that, that this power can manifest. Some people I've spoken to before, um, and some of them may be on now, um, that they've sat there and then they start crying. And they're being moved and they're being touched. And they said, I was aware of something. Or there was a, a lovely lady whose name escapes me, um, said that I sat there and I was so aware of my husband. 
She goes, is that possible? And I said, did it feel real to you? And she said, of course it did. I know my husband. I know how he feels. So I said, then you don't need to tell me, was it real or was it not? It's what you have sat in. I'm just a facilitator. I'm lending you my power. I'm sharing what I can do. And hopefully that then takes you that step forward. But there's a lot of work. It's not easy. If you think you're going to become rich, well, look at me. I'm not rich. Look at people around the world. Yes, we, we do travel and we do have nice dinners out when we go to America or something like that. Um, what's it called? Applebee's. You know, you have a nice, nice little dinner there. Um, but, and we get to see these wonderful places. Um, but we shouldn't be doing it to line our pockets. We're doing it because it's our soul has said that, Scott, this is what I ask of you. This is what I'm here to do. And please fulfill that wish. I can't do anything else. I want to be a paramedic. Could you imagine me in a, in a paramedic environment working in the ER or, or A&E if you're watching in, in England? You know, anyone knows that I scream at everything. Uh, could you imagine me turning up to a scene and then there's someone's leg cut off here and cut off there and bits there and bits there and I'm just like, oh dear, I'll just walk it off dear. You know, <laughs> could you imagine me? But that's what I really wanted to do. Really wanted to do. It's still my passion now. But I know that is not what I'm here to do. Well, so I try, try my next best thing yeah. is sit there and they can get out of the way. <laughs> well, we all have this mind and it's so critical. But beneath it, if we can set it aside, we have this very powerful, very wise soul. And it's that soul that connects us with this unseen world. It's the soul where that instinct is and sitting in the power really just boosts that. I'm wondering, is this similar to meditation? Oh, you really are going to get me into trouble, aren't you? Um, so let's just look at that. Because as you, as you were speaking, it kind of brought me to a trail of thought there. And I will go with this thought. Um, if you can imagine... If you watch a seed, a seed falls, it, it, it kisses goodbye to where it was, and now it falls into a place which is unfamiliar. It falls into the silence of the earth. It gets covered. It gets to sit by itself for a period of time, and then all of a sudden, something bursts it into life, and it starts to grow, and then it starts to reach down and up, and then it just kind of manifests and gets stronger and stronger. And then if you watch the bud of the flower, it just opens and it just unfolds its petals. And that's how sitting for the power opens you up. Now, I'm going to get myself into deep, deep, bubbly water. Um, but meditation for me is being guided through the suggestion of see this, feel that, do this. And that's the common one if you came into development but then there's a deeper one where depending on your meditative practice of why am i here you can sit with that and, and think about it you can do a meditative practice to find out who walks with you um but sitting for power is for the soul and i think you kind of touched on it you said mindfulness 
So one's for soul, one's for mind. Now, someone's probably screaming at me saying, no, it isn't, you haven't studied that. And I truly hadn't studied meditation, but I've studied sitting for power. Not saying I'm an expert, I'm not, and I'm far from it. And what I know today will be different tomorrow. But in my humble thoughts is that meditation will focus you, power will drive you. And so if you've got a drunk monkey mind or a drunk friend mind who just keeps chatter, 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 meditation, and depending on your meditative practice or meditative way of thinking, will help focus you. But the development of sitting in the power of your soul will then develop the mediumship. It will develop who you are. It will brighten you. But it won't just necessarily develop the mediumship. It develops everything else as well. Remember, if, let's look at it in a different way. Mediumship is like the hook what kind of wheels you in. Eileen Davis said it, it's the shop front. Once you go in, the mediumship gets you, get, gets you interested, yes. But then you go further in and then you start to understand this philosophy. There's a deeper meaning behind things. There is that inner knowing that you want to go further. So mediumship's a bit sneaky. It will hook you in because they think, oh, you're weird, wind you in. But then there's something beyond that front. And for me, I'm standing in the middle of the shop now. I've gone beyond the, the, the window array of mediumship. Now I'm sitting and I want to sit for my soul. I want to allow the philosophy to manifest more. You know, we can prove, and I'm, I'm, oh, I'm on one now. Oh, you can't stop me now. Um, we can prove the existence of life, right? So we, we can improve um, that they exist. But then you've got a mother that sits in front of you and says, why did they die? And you can prove to them that this is this and that is that. But it doesn't answer that question. But if we can move into our power, our soul can speak to them. And a higher intelligence can speak to them. Now, I, I don't want to join this club, but I know there's people who are listening and watching who have joined the club where their child has transitioned. I don't like using the word die. I don't, I don't. And my friend is very much close to me now and I feel his influence here. It doesn't matter what I say. It doesn't matter what examples the spirit world gives. You will still say they should not have and quite rightly so. But it just, when you have people come to you who have had a bit of proof, and they say, look, what's the spirit's views on abortion? What's the spirit's views on euthanasia? What's the spirit's views on this? And the wisdom then starts to reveal a secret what was always there. And a true trans medium will always give the truth, but with love, and it should leave the person feeling fulfilled but also with the chip on the shoulder saying i want to know more now um, and that's the magic of the trance states um but in answer to your question even though that i i feel 
very inspired at the moment. I feel very much of my friend here. Um, I believe we must also go back that meditation is the left path and the power is the right path, but still the destination is the same. How about prayer? Is that important with sitting in the power? Oh, yes. Um, I believe where I am at this moment, all I want to do is pray. Uh, But I'm not saying, dear God, blah, 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 and all that. Um, I'm speaking truthfully from my power, from my soul, to the spirit people and saying, I'm ready. It's like me knocking, saying, I'm here and I want to serve you. But it's also me moving into my my happy place within my being so that I'm ready to work. And it also changes the atmosphere of the room. It's like you it's like you whistle into the spirit world and say, We're going to have this party and you're our guest. Come and let us dance together, let us speak together, let us share memories with one another. And I that's what sorry, interrupt you. Sorry. It's just us, us and a million people, but just us. I feel like the luckiest person alive. And it's weird because COVID-19 has hit and it's wreaked havoc on this earth. But because I haven't been to my day job in six months, I haven't been to my house where I live in six months, relocated to be with my dear mama, which is the best place for me. But we've been doing these wonderful things online. But for me, every Friday, of course, I love you and who you are, but I also get to speak with your spirit friend and ask questions on behalf of the audience members that are there and have questions. And then there's so much, uh, on Sundays, we do what's called a Sunday gathering. You may or may not be familiar with that, but it's our version of the best, I'd say church service, but not church service that you've ever been to with music and prayer and philosophy and every service, there's a, um, a media, this mediumship demonstration for our online audience. And then all the different mediumship demonstrations I've been in, there's no way I can forget the bigger picture that we don't die and the afterlife is real. And, and you're such a big part of that. Um, I had a question, though, about healing, because on the Mondays when we sit and we spend a lot of time, folks, with our eyes closed in a, in a Zoom room, and you t- lead us through it. But sometimes you say they've used it for healing. Can you talk about that? Now, is that physical healing? Is that emotional healing? The the healing states is intent. And I I truly believe that it's our intent. The supreme intelligence of the spirit world, they already know what is about to take place. And on a Mondays, we offer ourselves to the spirit world and say, right, what do you require from us? What, What can we do to take the worry away from you? What can I do? to help these little ducklings uh, swim across this, this really choppy water of lake into your arms. And the thoughts that come, and it's through intent, I'm here to serve. But there are times when you can feel the influence of a greater mind dusting across yours, and you just know it's going to become for healing. So in your prayer, um, I always say now, take what is needed for you to fulfill your dreams or if there is healing that is required. So it's about us setting the intent, but it's also making us of service 
because so many times as we start to get switched on to mediumship, we turn everything to focus on ourselves. So we take, 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 take. And the healing part is for you to give back. If you aren't able to give messages at the moment, but you can give healing, you can give thoughts of goodness. You know, this Corona, I keep saying it, I keep giving it all different names. Uh, COVID, Corona, uh, we have Corona beer. Um, I've given it all different kinds of names. Um, But this is a devastating bomb that has gone off or a fire that gives off no smoke, no heat. And we don't know where it is. We can't see it. We can only see the effects of it. And so many people, as quite rightly you said, their world has been turned upside down. For me, my way of life has changed. It's slowed me down. It's given me opportunities to sit for me so that I can kind of get strong again. But I can't sit in home circle because we can't have people in the same room at that time and things like that. So this is a very good opportunity from a disaster for us to rethink what is truly important, but also how our development, if you are a muggle, uh, what I mean by muggle, you know, like Harry Potter, they say, you know, you're a muggle. Uh, I use it, you're a non-mediumistic folk uh, muggle. Um, For a muggle, they may think you're very weird for doing that, but they may continue to run this rat race of life but you and i we've stopped and said there must be something greater than this so i've been searching at this moment of trying to find how can i serve the spirit world more but also how can i serve my soul more and that is my part of it but i've said to the spirit world if if this is what is required and the spirit thought has come back and said, what we need from humanity is healing. Give us the strength so that we can direct it to where it is required. Um, because there is so much fear. There is so much going on in this world. You know, that big bomb that went off um, down in Beirut. Awful, you know, devastating. Boom, you've got fires raging in America. You're getting a political storm at the moment with two people who are kind of trying to up one another so they become president. And that's going to create rifts and changes. And if we give healing, maybe wisdom can be given that's going to bring us all together and start to put out the fires, start to put to bed the fears so that we can return to this world stronger, wiser, but more kinder to humanity. And for us to realise that filling our bank accounts isn't the the important thing. Being in lockdown, and you've you've missed your house for six months, I wonder what's going to happen the first time you put your key in that door. Is your kitty cat going to be there? Are you going to sit time, sit on the floor with your kitty cat and say, I've missed you? Are you going to go to um, your bedroom and, and, and just kind of breathe in the atmosphere and think, we've got through it? Or are you going to now say, do you know what, that was in the past and now I'm going to move here? 
and the six months that you spent with your mum, precious time, the stories, how many bottles of wine you've drank. I'm not even going to probably go there or answer your question, but we all reflect on it. Back, you know, within six months, a system that has been in place for years has fallen apart. There's been casualties along the way, but I truly believe that this invisible fire has burnt away and eventually new growth will come and we will be stronger for it. Well, a couple of weeks ago, and this is just a gift for anybody who's watching, Scott and I recorded a live, was live, Sitting in the Power. And if you go to YouTube and you type in Scott Milligan Sitting in the Power, you can actually find a quiet space, close your eyes, and be led on this journey with Scott. Question for you is I know having that practice personally will make a difference, but also if we now get a thousand people watching and sit in the power, can the spirit world use that energy for healing? Oh, absolutely. Um, But if you don't sit in the power, when you go to bed, you can just kind of drift your thoughts and say, you know, as I go to my place of rest, as I dream the sweetest dream, if you need to take from me as a healing balm to help humanity, to help this earth evolve where it must be, for the animals to sing and to walk this land with no fear, for someone to go to bed this night comforting to know that they will see the one they love, take from me what is needed. A simple prayer like that is just offering, that is like, like gold to the spirit world and they're going to fill your love and through that tiny gift will give them the strength to whatever they require but the healing comes from both sides of life you know we become the the point of focus when it is required you know when people start to develop and i don't know if if you're if those who are listening to these these thoughts of mine uh, when you start to develop you may find that you attract a lot of weird people and you'll be in the streets and um, someone will come up and start talking to you randomly and you think oh Um, and instead of you shooing them away maybe they're drawn to something that you may not be aware of and they're just taking or using this opportunity to feel a little bit more magic from you. Yes, you may feel exhausted. Yes, you may feel drained and annoyed, but you have served a brother and sister unknown to you. And that is the purpose of service. I I worked in retail for many, many years, and I used to sit on a till in a very fast-paced business where it would take £16 million a year and you have to input numbers into this system and you have a queue of people and this little old lady will come over and I'll say, so that's a, a Breville iron, you know, 1999. And she goes, I'm 87, dear. And you think, I, I just kind of said it's an iron and it's 1999. And she goes, oh, I'm 87. Oh, it's terribly cold out there. And I realised quite quickly that this person just needed a little bit of talk, interaction. They weren't a number. And my staff used to laugh at me and said, you, you attract all these people. And then I said, but what's stopping you attracting them? 
and you watch them that they they just it was a rat race for them but for me it was actually having that, that contact and allowing my imagination to run wild you know where has that person been for 87 years whose lives have they touched what stories have they read what stories have they written but am I that only person that they've spoken to today and that was the darker side of my mind so I would always keep that person in my prayer she's probably been dispatched now she's probably gone gone um and I wonder if she's in the other world and gone oh that boy was weird um he kept on asking me the age and <laughs> she must have heard the question wrong you know who knows um but yeah, it's, it's, as we unfold our gifts, we become a little bit brighter. And you'll see it. You'll start to attract people who are definitely in need. Oh, thanks. I've got a couple more questions for you. But for anyone whose ear has been like, oh, what are they doing on Mondays? Every month since we've been in lockdown, it's been really a nice time to get a group of people together. We're in Zoom. If we can all see each other. You can have your camera off, of course, too. And this one coming up is called Trance Mediumship and the Path of the Pioneers. Scott has so much history of our pioneers of mediumship. So we're going to tie that in his stories as only he can tell them. And then bring you through some of this sitting in the power. Really fantastic. It happens uh, for two-hour sessions in September or whenever you're listening to it. You can, I'm sure we'll be keeping something going in the future. Very, very special. They're all recorded, so some people aren't even with us live, and they, they're they part of the class via video replay. So you can find out about that if you're interested at wedontdieradio.com. You can either click on calendar or click on store, and it's all right there. Scott, I want to just jump back to physical for just a minute, but can you talk a little bit about apports and asports? Of course. Um, apports are objects that are brought by the spirit people into the room. And what I mean by that, imagine this. You are sitting in a room where there's just chairs. The medium is in. They're searched. Everyone is searched. They're tied to a chair to make sure there's no funny business or then helping or assisting the demonstration. And then you hear a mighty bang. And... If they've sat in darkness or they've sat in light, if the light comes on and you see there's been a chair, a leather-bound chair, which wasn't in that room when they started, that door has been locked and there's no physical way that a human being has brought it in. And that's an apport. If you put an object on the floor and say, for argument's sake, a statue of, of considerable size, and the seance has, has moved forward with physical mediumship and then the light comes on or you sat in light and that object's not there. It's called asport. And my way of knowing the difference, asport they bring, asport away. And if you listen to the word ass, if you see someone's ass, it's walking away from you. So asport away, asport bring. Now, through my uh, mediumistic unfoldment, um, I used to get a lot of apports, ranging from a sovereign coins to leather-bound chairs to statues to flowers. Um, but there was one time we achieved probably in a short period of time about 100 apports. 
and these objects were just appearing and you hear bang, boom, donk, ping, bang. And when I was working at the Arthur Finley College in Stansted Hall, which is like the mecca of, of our truth, and I was doing demonstrations under strip control, and there would be, say, 100 people there because I would demonstrate for the whole college uh, on certain weeks. You would hear ping, drop, bang. And when the light came on, there, every airport had a story too. So there's a lovely medium from Holland called Kitty Wood. Um, fabulous medium, really lovely, lovely lady. And it was her birthday. And as I was just about to work, um, she said to me in, in front of a few people, I've never seen an airport come in red light before. And so it must have moved through me somehow. And uh, I was searched and metal detected, as I always am, before the demonstration. Everyone else is searched to keep the integrity there. And halfway through, they gave her a contact from her grandfather. And because it was her birthday, unknown to me, it was her birthday. And they said, please come up. And they asked her to cup her hands and put it underneath my mouth. And then all of a sudden, there was like a kind of an inflation and a kind of a glisten light and this bracelet dropped out my mouth with five amber stones. And when um, it fell into her hand, she said it was cold, which showed that it wasn't concealed because it would be warm. Um, so it was cold, and she held it in her hands until the end of the seance, and then the light came on, and she was able to see in detail of these. Each stone represented the family member that the grandfather was issuing or talking about. But there was a present to go with that, which is the, the pendant, which matched the stone. So for me, the intelligence of the communication that her grandfather spoke and said they wanted to bring the present, the spirit world listening to know, to drop into her mind, that she's never received an apple in red light, which has kind of planted the seed but also the intelligence of the stone. Now, every airport that comes must have a meaning. You know, if it's a coin, the date on the coin should have relevance to the person it's being given to. So if it's 1982, it could be year of birth, year of death, um, or something that your father used to collect, uh, Jose Gostro, who is uh, Jose um, in from the Netherlands, again, a fabulous medium. Um, her father was a coin collector. And during the, this uh, impromptu seance, they brought a coin, which was a silver doubloon, which was franked 1781. And it was given to her on the anniversary of her father's passing. But it was an, a very old antique silver doubloon coin that her father used to collect. So the intelligence is that her father was a coin collector. The intelligence also showed that it was the anniversary of her father's passing. Um, so there is the intelligence stories behind the airports as well. Um, but they would just appear like that and just drop. And you'll hear them bonk, donk, bang, poof. And the, the big, one of the heaviest uh, actually happened downstairs uh, with my home circle. And we thought... Jan, who God love her, now she's in the other world. We thought she fell off her chair, and it was this mighty bang. And when the light came on, this it was this this wooden bust 
which I have next to me, um, but I don't want to show it just in case people get upset if they listen to radio. But do I have your permission to show you? You can show it. You can show it. And for anybody who is listening and wants to see it, this is on YouTube also. So if you go to We Don't Die Radio on YouTube and type in episode uh, 541, you'll be able to see what Scott is holding. And this is the Indonesian head uh, that fell. It's probably just shy of 30 centimeters. It weighs probably about two bags of sugar, solid wood, and it just appeared and it dropped and you heard it go thump onto the, to the ground. It, when the light came up, it was standing up correctly. There was uh, information given as it came in November of 2014 but on the same night this fell and a silver nutcracker which was given to an australian medium who is equally fabulous christine morgan and it was given to her on the on the night that this appeared we know some fabulous people and the spirit world also fabulous and you said something else about intelligence i've heard you say this many times where's the intelligence we need to, and maybe you can talk a little bit about this, really look for the intelligence because there are people out there, and I think this is why a lot of the mediumship died away back in the day, that are con artists. There are people that are preying on the grieving. They're doing some crazy things saying, oh, it's the spirit world, but where's the intelligence behind it? Can you just talk about that for a moment? Yeah, you, you are definitely going to get me into trouble. but Yeah, we won't mention any names. <laughs> I know, I won't mention any names, but I can tell you definite stories where I've had to experience it. And it's now, back then made me angry, but now has made me make a promise. And I do share certain stories. And I was in Australia, um, and I don't hold it against anyone who may have sat or loved this person. Uh, but I saw an advert and it said Australian's best trans medium. And I do believe it also had world on there as well. And it was $5. And I thought, ooh, bargain to see the best. And so I paid my $5 and I was taken into a room. And this room had, was, had no windows that I could see. And there was only like one door in, same door out. And there was uh, quite a, a reasonable large crowd of us, and we were all in a, a not a square, um, not a circle, but it was a square. Our backs were against the walls, sitting there, making sure they got as many people in as possible. And the walls, I remember, were sponged blue and white. And so they were like painted and sponged. And I thought that was very interesting because as you were looking, you could see faces. Uh, in in the paintwork, how your mind can play tricks on you. And the medium walked in in like a kind of very flowing gown, uh, which I thought reminded me of, of Killer Queen from Freddie Mercury, you know, when he has this like kind of flowing uh, gown there. And um, he had two devotees what stood next to him. Now, when I sit, I sit in tatty clothes, uh, because the ex-cousin eats the way the clothes and I have two people sit either side of me. And um, so I didn't think too much of that. And then there was very gentle music being played. Again, I had, I sit to music, so didn't really pay any attention. And the medium began. And straight away, they went as stiff as a board. 
and then they fell on the floor and they started fitting. Now, a friend of mine actually died from a fit because no one rolled him, so he chokes on his vomit, unfortunately. Now he lives in the spirit world. And um, so my natural reaction is to turn him on his side. So I've got stood up to to kind of help because no one else was helping. And the two people said, stop! And I said, but he's fitting. And um, they said, no. And then all of a sudden he went stiff as a board and he started going, ooh, ooh, ooh. And I went, what? And I started to realise very, very quickly then that uh, there was a problem. And um, his so-called guide was a dolphin. And I sat there thinking, what? And this, these two people got clamshells out and put it towards the medium's mouth. And he started going even more ballistic. And I kind of looked for help, you know, thinking, oh, my God. And I looked at this side and this person was loving it. I looked at this side and this person loved it. And I kind of nudged him. I said, do you know what he's saying? Because I don't have a degree in Dolphin language. So I sat there for over an hour listening to this man go, whoop, 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 like this. And I thought, where's the intelligence? Where is this going to help a mother get up in the morning? Where's the philosophy? So I started getting angry and I thought, well, if I faint, maybe they'll end it. Or I roll on the floor, start fitting, and hopefully they'll open the door and I can get out. Um, but no, I had to sit there and listen to all of it. And then there was another one, you know, I, oh, I should oh, I don't know. Um, should I tell you the other one? Okay, so I'm just going, yes. Um, now, this is a church near me. It's easy for me to say near me. So I went along and I was very young probably about a year into the development I'm still very green and I was going to see a trans medium work and the, the control was called Black Feather and you know we all have these fabulous names but Black Feather and um, so I sat down and we were in a large circle and the medium was going to work and Black Feather was going to come through and answer questions of, of the audience but whilst you are sitting there, you're allowed to have a cup of tea, coffee and a, a sandwich of your choice. So there was a lady and I'm going to call her Hillary because I think Hillary is, again, a really good name. And Hillary started to go around the circle, tapping you on the shoulder. Would you like tea, coffee, ham or cheese or egg and cress sandwich? So you would say, oh, um, can I have a cup of tea? And in those days, I was a vegetarian, so I said, egg and crest, please. Um, so you would sit there and you munch on your sandwich. And this woman who was very voluptuous started to speak. And as Hillary was going round the circle, the medium is supposed to be totally unaware, in full trance, unaware of anything. And Hillary has parked up next to the medium. And the person next to the medium has, has got their sandwich. And as Hillary went behind the medium, so the medium's talking as Black Feather, all of a sudden Terry went, ham, like this, <laughs> and then carried on. And I went, oh. And then I realised the reason the crowd was so big was because we get free sandwiches and tea. But it showed that the medium wasn't under and it was all the facade. And that, that is the bit that hurt me. Um, because I thought, hang on, again, where's the intelligence? Now, I've had people say that their guides are crocodiles. I've had people say their guides are snakes. 
the guide is Queen um, Mary, Queen of Scots, and she still carries that head underneath her arm. And you know when you think, you poor, poor person, what has made you go down this path? Now, don't get me wrong. If there's fraud, I'm like a rat in a drain pipe. I will go in there. I will expose it because you are playing on the vulnerable. You're playing on the vulnerable. You're playing on someone who is broken or is trying to find pieces of their lives again and holding on to the hope. Um, and if it's being done wrong, unfortunately, you're going to see a bit more of a British Scot come out. And it gets me into a lot of trouble sometimes. And I do apologize to the people who say, Scott, you should be more spiritual. Yes, I know. But if it's being done wrong, I have to say something. I think it's only my duty. Um, and sometimes when someone is working, you can actually see the control there. You can see the spirit person trying. But the, the ego is so strong. The, the poor spirit person can't get through. So sometimes we have to have that kind of stern talk and say, look, come on, you've got something there, but it's not manifesting correctly. And I have a duty to your friend to help you. And sometimes people are beyond help because they just don't want to know. But again, as long as I can talk to the spirit person and say, I did my best for you. But sometimes I get it wrong. I get myself in the sticky stuff. Well, um, human. Yeah. But I forgot, I've got loads of stories where people have just gone barking mad. Uh, but trance do involve some strange people. But I ask you, if the voice that manifests tells you you've got to do this or insults you or is rude to you, then is it truly coming from them or is it coming from here? And that's what we've got to decide. Or is it both? Who knows? Who knows? Well, just an invitation to anyone who might be interested in this, but not sure, quite a little bit on the fence. On Fridays, we do this demonstration of trance. We've also had a whole bunch of them. So if you go to wedontdieradio.com, if you click on the store button and scroll down, there's a bunch of recordings and you can leave a donation, but you can also put in the coupon code free, F-R-E-E. So no strings attached. You can meet there's usually one gentleman that mainly speaks through Scott. We don't tell him what happens. He doesn't need to know. But the, the words of wisdom, the philosophy, the help through the toughest times of life, it's amazing to be part of. And we welcome you to come on one of the Fridays. So, Scott, we're just about to wrap up. If you could reach into your soul and any last words of wisdom, what do we want to leave people with? I think your life is a mystery. And what you make of your life is in your hands. And sometimes life is difficult. Sometimes life is wonderful. But it's as long as you're happy within yourself, I think that's what is the key. As a medium, and I, I don't know if that's the right word, but if I can change that now to as a seeker of the truth, we are surrounded by death. We have the spirit world, which is our friends very close by, who survived death. But then you have people message or come or, or stand with you who are grieving, who are looking for that piece of hope. 
And it's important that we have this switch, that we switch on, that we do our duty. But I think also it's important for you to be yourself. Be yourself in every sense of the word and embrace who you are. All your quirky things as well. You know, I, I got drunk one time and I got a tattoo. Um, I could have got a tattoo somewhere else, but I chose it on my neck. And I don't know why. My first ever tattoo, I put it there. And someone said to me, Scott, you, you're crazy. And I said, well, I probably am. Um, especially when I woke up in the morning and because the angle it was, instead of it reading faith, it looked like it read fairy. And I got panicking because of being dyslexic. I'm trying to Google and um, <laughs> what I was typing in said fairy. Um, and I thought, oh my goodness, I've got fairy written inside of my neck. Um, but I thought, well, it leaves a mark on my being to show that I am human, but also I have my weirdness. And whoever you are and whatever time you're living in, be you. Don't try and copy anyone else. Leave your mark on this world. Allow people to laugh at you with you and let them speak with you and for you sandra six years ago went through her darkest time and then from her darkest time like that seed that has fallen look how it's blossomed today but also look how far it's going to go in another six years if she chooses that path yes i'm voice for others that may not be heard by you. They may not be seen by you. But they're my reality. And Sandra is using her gift to bring the message. So she's the medium's medium. She's the healer's healer. And through what she's done, she's made you and I meet today. And this may be the first and last time you meet me. <laughs> and you may also get a tattoo. Or you may turn around and have a gin and tonic and raise and say, that boy's weird. But all the best people that you want in your life to be weird so that they remind you how special you truly are. So that's my words. I don't know if that's what you want, but that's what you got. Um, and I hope that you and I, wherever you are in the world, our paths will cross one day. And maybe if you want to learn with me or I come to learn from you, whatever that may be. Thank you, Scott. Oh, I sure love you. As You know, you're real. And ladies and gentlemen, it is so much easier to just be yourself than anybody else. It feels good. And that soul, that beautiful soul of yours can shine. We all know when we meet somebody that we don't like, right? And chances are they may not be their authentic self. So just be you. You're perfect just the way you are. So a very warm thank you to our friend Scott Milligan for joining us again. I don't know how many times he's been on. It's been a bunch and there'll be a bunch more. His words always make a difference. So thank you so much, Scott. And for our listener or viewer, thank you for taking the time to be here. This might be your first interview. This You might have been here for all of them. It's 351 now. My biggest dream and hope is that whatever brought you here, whether it's a fear of dying, curiosity, you're going through grief, that you know you're part of a community, that you're not alone. Not only do you have us, but there is an unseen world around you. 
we can't see them, but they can see us. And for that moment, we take our last breath and close our eyes. That invisible world will become visible to us. We will be greeted by all of our loved ones. But while we're here, this life really matters. It does. So go for it. I say really play full out and get your money's worth out of this life. A couple quick announcements. If you are new to the show, uh, or if you haven't done this yet, if you go to wedontdieradio.com, there's a little pop-up that says join our insiders club. That's just a snazzy name for the email list. It says receive a few chapters of my book, We Don't Die. Truth is, it's the whole book. We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. It's my journey as of about six years ago, I'd say. And I've learned so much more after that, which is this radio show. But there's also a very healing chapter 10 called How to Survive Grief. Also, if you would like to listen to How to Survive Grief, you get that complimentary as well. We have a fine, fabulous group on Facebook called We Don't Die Listeners. So if you want to join that, you can, absolutely. It's, we, we talk about this stuff in the group. We really do because how often in our day-to-day life, we don't tell people sometimes about the side of ourselves because a lot of people think it's weird. But the day will come, the tipping point will happen that more people believe in the afterlife than don't and can easily talk about it. And again, if you would like to join us on our upcoming course, everything's at We Don't Die Radio. Um, Click on the calendar, click on the store, come see us on a Sunday. It's completely free. And you can be part of the mediumship demonstration and get a whole bunch of wonderful things for your life. So with that, Scott? I'm waving at you because... um... I don't know if people are aware, but tomorrow, and hopefully you are watching live tomorrow at the Sunday gathering, we have got a true ambassador of the spirit world. This lady has had a medium mystic life for many, many years. She shared her unfoldment with one of the greatest mediums of our world and her name is Mavis Batilla, and Mavis is a true humanitarian. I have seen her work so many times, and each time it's jaw-dropping. The love and philosophy, the presence of the spirit world just oozes from her, and I'm so looking forward to watching her work again on the Sunday gathering. So if you don't believe a word I have said through this time. Come along tomorrow and watch this lady deliver probably the most outstanding philosophy, but also outstanding mediumistic contact. Oh, thank you. Sorry I had to wave and get my attention. I was reading something on the screen. So enjoying it, seeing Scott waving frantically. And depending on when you're listening to this, you could be listening in the year 2022. We don't know. But if you go, again, it's all on We Don't Die Radio. There's a tab at the top that says Sunday services or Sunday gathering. If you click on that, not only can you see the replay of this with Mavis, if you don't watch us live, but you can watch the replay. They're all recorded. They're just a click away and you can watch some of the, the greatest mediums and really get some great philosophy and love and wisdom for your life. So it's all there, one place. So a big thank you yet again to Scott. A big thank you to you, our listener or your viewer. 
you have friends, you are not alone, you are special, and you have a brilliant soul that is shining. So take us up on our offer if you'd like to even just go to YouTube and type in Scott Milligan um, sitting in the power and you can sit or like Scott said, take a few minutes before you go to bed. So in closing, this is Sandra Champlain. I've been your host on We Don't Die Radio. I do believe that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on earth is important. So good evening, good morning, good afternoon, whenever you're listening, just make it a great day. So thank you for listening or for viewing and we'll see you soon.